All right, we are lit, good sir. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another episode of Cultivated Ignorance. I am Will, the host. I am Mike, the favorite host. Whatever. And this week, <laughs> we are joined by an amazing brother, uh, YouTuber, uh, and Black media critic, uh, Fig Signifier. What's going on, my brother? Oh, so it's, it's, uh, it's all good. I am um, in the middle of working on two projects as I'm trying to, like, get real real like i was real a month ago yeah and i didn't you know fruits of labor and all that good stuff and so now i'm like all right let me get real real and start actually like like plotting out things if i want to get you know do bigger idea videos so i'm like i've interviewed five people this week for a video i got coming up and i got one at 9 30 um excuse me and i had like you know and I got two boys that I just, we did all the bedtime stuff except go to bed. Uh, and I was like, cause I know going to bed is not, I don't got it like that. I don't know how you got it, but I don't got like a just go to bed move. It's like go to bed. All right, night light, story time. Okay, I'll lay here for five minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like- A ritual out here. I have definitely been there. Yeah, so right, right. well, if you um, I mean, before we jump into the topic, if you want to actually do, uh, we're gonna do the Patreon shout out. I don't want to. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Mine or yours? Oh, shoot. do yours. Well, actually, go ahead, go ahead, baby. Eat. You know, actually, I don't know. I don't know the name of my Patreon. That's how I'm, that's how I know I ain't real. Okay, <laughs> it's oh. FD Signifier Patreon. <laughs> I bet it's something like that. It's got to be something like that. I mean, you just go to my channel and check. So y'all do y'all's first. All right. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. So. We appreciate everybody's support. Uh, we appreciate you watching the free stuff. But if you want more exclusive stuff, if you want to support broke black brothers, um, please go to, yeah, go to patreon.com slash cultivated ignorance. Um, stupid dope shit on there. Uh, don't be afraid to join. It's only $5. Only $5. Only $5. And we're going to keep putting up more and more content for you guys. So for the people who are already on there, they know about the dope stuff we got on there. And uh, if you want to find out, just go ahead and join. $5. Only $5. I see your OnlyFans tab up there, Mike. Hey, hey, don't don't look too much. Don't look too deep into that. Don't worry about that. Think <laughs> <laughs> oh. you want to shout this out now? We usually give it um, yeah, it's, time. It's, it's FD signifier. And so it's just the name with no period. Patreon. Word. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to be big time one day. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> We can go ahead and get into you because, like, I feel like you already big time. Like, I just I just discovered you about like a couple months ago. I think, um, I forgot how. I think because we both More than likely the insecure video, probably the insecure video. But I think the algorithms like aligned us because we both big fans of For Harriet, and uh, I watch For Harriet all the time. Will hates black women, so he doesn't watch For Harriet. I don't. Uh, I just, Will. I, 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 okay, so, friend, okay. Will. Okay, so I've only seen her in Instagram clips, and she's just. Constantly yelling at me. She's not. <laughs> so I will say that there's something too. It's funny. I was talking to you. Have y'all watched Khadija Mbo? I watched her before. Yeah, I like her. So yeah, she she's dope. Um, and uh, we've had a couple conversations because she helped get me to where I am now. Um, and we we were talking about voices. And so like you know, I do not endorse what William just said. About for Harriet, however, I don't either. There is something to voice quality on YouTube and like the way people respond to them, especially with women. So Khadija has a very deep, silky voice. Uh, Khadija used to be a singer, and then for Harriet, you know, it's kind of an around the way girl is voice. Now, of course, Harriet's Harvard educated, so hopefully, there's no, there's no, there's no shade intended with that. But you get my point. It's like the way you sound kind of dictate sometimes the way people perceive you and stuff in the algorithm. All this research I'm doing right now is a, is a video about like basically content creators of color 
and the algorithm and how there's like, there's work to do depending on what you're trying to make. Uh, Kim from Vaharia just did, I don't know if it was a public video or if it was just for Patreon because I've been on Patreon forever. She just did an amazing um, deep dive into like how these content creator platforms um, disproportionately um, cause black creators in particular to burn out super fast. It causes everybody to burn out, but right. like black creators especially, like unless you just like complete blood, sweat, and tears, no, no sleep, no eat, and this shit like 10,000%, um, you can have relevancy one day and then just be completely gone the next day due to, like you said, the algorithm changes and what kind of content you're putting out. Yeah. She talked about how Facebook, for example, was like heavy with videos at one point, and they just dropped that shit because they had Instagram reels and everything. And all the people that was doing all the Facebook videos just got like left hanging. Like, yeah. ass, I'm, I'm gonna have right. to pay for it. I'm gonna have to pay for it. I'm gonna have to join the Patreon to get that one because I need all the. It's it's interesting, but I don't want to. We I know we on. I don't want to like. I can talk, y'all. So like, this y'all show. Just let me know when we got to reel it in. I'm. I, there's no shade. I want to get to to uh, the manosphere. I don't want to dive too much in the algorithm. We'll, we'll we'll return for that after my video drops. So real quick, um, just give us a little bit of background about yourself, like how you you know kind of started um, and and the style you decided to use kind of on YouTube. Right. So I started last year in the middle of COVID. Like you realize, I real I work in um I know epidemiology. I'll say that. And so I was like, yeah, we're gonna be here for a while. <laughs> I didn't do that. I do that early on. Um, and so uh, I was like, all right, I got several things I've been saying I was going to do for years that I'm going to have time to do. One was build was build a computer, learn the martial art, learn how to grill, start a YouTube channel. So I, I started the YouTube channel and I cooked some uh, ribs this weekend. Um, and so that was kind of how it started. And then what's funny is like, so at first I was just like, I'm gonna talk about movies and black movies because don't nobody talk about black movies. And I, you know, that's not true, but I didn't know that at the time. And then um, it's funny. So we talking about Manosphere, Kevin Samuels blew up. The goat. Yeah. And so I was like, I was like, oh, this, I can't, I can't abide by this no more. Like, cause I have been in a lot of different social media circles and done some, some of my own self-development and learning may have had some shitty moments in my own past. And so like, I've know, I've seen, and I study, so to tell you why I understand the Manosphere, my master's thesis is very much engaged with that. And then my PhD is explicitly about black men adjacent stuff to that. And so I know that as funny as Kevin Samuels Joan and people is, it's really unhealthy, especially for black men to consent consistently like dive into that type of um, content energy. And so I was like, what if I can make the type of content I'm not seeing and just to be a, a, a yang to that type of energy on YouTube. And so that's really what changed the, the tra trajectory of my channel and then suddenly I did a video about Bo Burnham and I have like this huge white fan base now. So I'm trying to like balance that out. Uh, and uh, yeah, so my whole thing is still talking about black movies. Like I still try to, to censor that, but I'm basically saying, you know, how do I speak on uh, things of interest, social things of interest, and as much as, can, as I can tie it back to black media or at least media from a black lens. So that's basically it. Fantastic. Got you. Yeah, uh, I think Mike gave me a link to, what was it? The I Don't Dream of Labor video? Yeah. Which was really crazy because you connected things in such a, a way that was easy to digest, but most people have just never even thought of. Um, so I really appreciate you for that. Like the John Henry thing was really cool. Um, Utah and Eddie Murphy and uh, uh, Dolomite back to each other was really cool. I, so, you know, much appreciation to you for the way you present your information. Appreciate y'all, man. I'm I'm wishing I could find a way to get the algorithm to send me to more brothers. But it's like, one, a lot of brothers don't fuck with me. Just being real. Like, when you just know that, like, some, some real angry Manosphere type dude is going to see my face on y'all podcast and just all kinds of dislikes. 
So a lot of brothers don't. We cursing, right? We cursing. Like, yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay, cool. Okay, a, lot, a lot of brothers don't fuck with me, and then um, a lot of brothers just don't know that this side of the game exists. If that makes sense. Mm. And I'm talking explicitly, and this is no shade to anybody. I'm talking about like heterosexual black men, and this is not to exclude anybody, but we tend to exclude ourselves from this type of space and energy. And so I'm trying to like create a beacon where it's like, no, it's, it's cool. Come in, come through, get in the water, you know, start your channel, talk your shit. Just don't disrespect black women and, and do homophobic shit. And then like, we can get so much healthier, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But you know, that's the tall order for some dudes. That's Listen. like some dudes old personality. <laughs> and I know I put like a question to lead it off, but I feel like we could just jump into the manosphere stuff. Is that cool with you, Will? Is that cool? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So like, you hit the nail on the head of <laughs> your type of channels just don't exist. And I'm going to circle back to that later because um, I have, um, I don't know if you, you, you know, uh, Abba and Preach, I'm assuming. I know Abba and Preach, yeah. So Abba had a video about why he thinks that the Red Pool, Man Pill people are necessary. And I was like, what? But like, as you talk, I know why he's saying that. So real quick, just to, so we have like a foundation, like, what is the manosphere for those who don't know? And we're fortunate enough to avoid that shit. And, so, and the red pill, whatever yeah. that is. So, yeah. it is. so the manosphere is like a spectrum of male, high, high, male-centered, um, cishet male. So like we're talking about uh, classic men, classically masculine men, centered um, media and social media entities. And unlike the simple end it's you know fashion or um outdoorsmanship you know stuff like that and then like toward the middle sadly is you know kind of like toxically hyper masculine um pickup artists uh kevin samuels believe it or not kevin samuels is like i would i would consider him like a median medium one manosphere because he's not as bad as it gets once you start getting to like the red pill which is like i hate women so much that's all i think about <laughs> that's super saiyan three level um <laughs> level <laughs> it's pretty pitiful um and like you know and so like that's the manosphere and i believe like i agree with abba in that and this I actually wrote this in my thesis the problem is the absence of, or the, the diminishment of like a more wholesome and like healthy presence of men who are still masculine, classically masculine to say, yo, you can get happy and healthy without like all this other stuff. In fact, if you like look at the data and you know, if you, if you know, then you know, like a lot of these dudes on this side talking all this shit, they're the least healthy, least women getting, least like whatever types of dudes. But when you're in that space, and I know this because I was once there, right? Like I was not like, if this all this shit existed, y'all, I don't know if I mentioned, I'm old, I'm 39, right? So if all this shit existed in 1999, to that circa 1999, well shit, 1996 to 2002, if out of this would exist, I'd have been all up in there. I'd have been all up in there because I had the same isms, the same self-esteem issues, the same, you know, insecurities about talking to women and all these things. And so when you take a vulnerable boy, you know, since because most of these are young men, these are men in their late teens, early 20s, right? And they're still trying to define self. When you take them in their space of vulnerability, when they are struggling to make intimate connections and struggling to find a place in the world that's getting more and more complicated. And you say, you know what the problem is, is Lil Nas X. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The problem is. Right, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's Lizzo. If you tell them that and you, you can draw a strong enough line, they'll like, they'll, they'll die for that shit. Like literally some of them. Um, and so that's kind of like, as a whole, the manosphere is just a spectrum of male interests, social media entities, the majority of which I would say are toxic, not just to women and, and LGBTQ community, 
but to the men themselves and they don't know it. That's the key is, and they don't know it. And I think the, well, the reason we haven't this show in the first place is I'm raising the question of, do they not know it? Because America still has not fully grasped how to properly love boys and men. And now they grow into these bitter individuals or is it just like dudes just being, just wilding, just, you know, cause we're not going to deny like, you know, the profitability of uh, dehumanizing women, dehumanizing other men, um, putting yourself out to be this, you know, like a Kevin Samuels, this guy who could just shit on people on camera and get away with it, go in their little designer suits or whatever and, and go about the business. Um, but does America still not know how to properly love boys and, and men? And this is what the result is? Or well, Most definitely. Most, yeah. most definitely. America's not interested in loving boys. That's not, uh, that's not efficient, especially black boys. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no value uh, at as far as they see um, one of my one of my homeboys wrote on on like Twitter or something that black men and boys are not allowed to be victims of anything until they're dead, and then in, once they're dead, they can be humanized. But everything between birth, but by the time once they start walking until they die, they are aggressors, tools, um, providers. Uh, all these things. Now, some of those things are valuable, right? To, to society as a whole. And I don't want to denigrate those things, but like we've so, we've attached them, we've attached the idea of being a leader to being a man. And so you have men that think they're, you have men who are kind of not good at things that think they should be leaders. If you have people, you have women and other folks that are great leaders that can't lead because either they, they're not a man and understand so we're talking about patriarchy patriarchy the one thing i don't like about the discourse about patriarchy in social media in general is that we don't have enough language to describe how women participate in patriarchy and part of that is because nobody's trying to hear that like from men and i understand why and part of that is because like it's hard to explain but we haven't got there yet you know what I'm saying? I think that's on the horizon, but like we haven't gotten to the point where we're willing to talk about how the system of patriarchy is like a system. It's not just a bunch of niggas going to a room and 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 plan out the patriarchy. You know what I'm saying? The people that taught me the most about patriarchy in my life are women. You know what I'm saying? It's my aunties, it was my cousins. You know what I'm saying? It was a handful of teachers uh, because women are required to teach the patriarchy to the boys just like men are, you know, and you have a generation of men mostly raised by women, you can't possibly have the reproduction of patriarchy without women's participation. Um, and I can go on forever, so I'm stopping. Now you good. Were you about to say something? No, I'm, I'm just listening because I don't know anything about the manosphere like whatsoever. <laughs> I know Sam, Kevin Samuels is God, but besides that, <laughs> like I'm pretty much out of it. So I had... Well, let me let me start with this. What has been y'all's personal journey as a man, as a boy into manhood, with experience and love um, in general? Because um, I'll admit that I'm just learning a lot of this stuff. Like maybe a couple of years ago, when a friend of mine had me on a panel um, discussing, there's a documentary called "The Feminists on Cellbot." Why you ever seen that documentary, Feet? Oh man, there's a uh, this dude named. Um, Richie Rosita, I want to say his last name was. Basically, he was a prison inmate, and he started reading Bell Hooks. If you don't know Bell Hooks, please get to know Bell Hooks. Um, amazing, amazing Black feminist author. Um, he, he found this book called The Will to Change, which is an incredible book. Read the book, sat with it, was like, damn, this shit is real. Brought it back to his prison inmates and started a feminist movement within prison. Mm. And um, mm. so I read the book, you know, in preparation for the panel. And I was like, that, like, as somebody who was raised by a mom who was just, just, I'm talking about just got a bucket of love every day just to drown me in it. Like, some of these things I couldn't relate to personally, but at the same time, I experienced externally in the world. And so to look at my homeboys at the, you know, at, look at my homeboys growing up and even as an adult and being like, oh, that's why you would act that way. Mm-hmm. That's why you would think like violence is a perfect solution to that answer. 
Um, that's why you don't trust women or girls, period. And you think like you gotta get you gotta get them before they get you. But like I want to ask y'all, like, what has been y'all's experience? Do y'all feel like y'all were actually loved growing up as boys and men, or is that something y'all just now experiencing? I'm a, I'm a boy. Yeah, me myself. I mean, I experienced uh, love from my mother, but even even with that, I think it was I don't want to say tainted, but uh, it wasn't I guess as as nurturing as it could have been uh, because you know she was a single black mother or, or whatever, and I think she was just I guess preparing me for the world as she saw it. Like you need to be tough. Um, you know, you have to do, you know, a lot of things you don't want to, you have to move in this kind of way, which was, I guess, her interpretation of what was necessary for me to, you know, survive or whatever. And, uh, you know, being a single, being with a single mom, you obviously feel like you don't have that kind of love from your dad in a way, as you should. Um, you know, so, I guess from for me and my dad's point of view, um, I guess on that aspect, like he not being there, I didn't feel love. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just like the love you, the love you get is always going to be a little bit tainted with whatever that parent or whoever feels is necessary. Yeah, we're all products of like our parentage and upbringing to some extent like that's just that's how we're formed right yeah exactly um, and like what you're describing i would call it the patriarchy and i want to be clear in case people like clip me from the last statement that patriarchy is compulsory like we don't get a choice men really don't get a choice but women mostly don't get a choice either because they're going by the scripts that they have in their head and so a lot of single black mothers, my mother is probably similar to yours. Her love was very stoic. It was very conditional. Um, you do, you, you get love when you do this. You don't get love when you do that. Thankfully, my mother was not like the run outside you, uh, and fight mama. Like, you know, you come back, you say such and such hit me. You got to go back and fight them. But I knew those kids. though. I had to fight one of them. With my, <laughs> I never get understanding the difference between me and these other little boys and, and their mamas when this little boy mama this mama brought her little boy back to the playground to whoop my ass after I pushed him mm. I learned a lesson there too but anyway <laughs> um, so like so single mothers single black mothers often with you know completely absentee fathers or strained co-parenting situations are they feel it necessary to figure out how to reproduce a good man. You know what I'm saying? And like, that's a wide spectrum of outcomes. And in almost all of them, almost all of them, they're going to be reproducing some type of understanding of how patriarchy is supposed to work and form boys. Yeah. Can't be no punk, can't be no sissy, gotta be strong, stop crying. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, chivalry, open up the car door, pay for the meal, um, all these things, some of them valuable in some aspect, but many of them over, over time toxic to like us as in terms of developing, you know, emotionally, you know what I'm saying? And developing like effective, uh, developing the capacity to have effective bonds with our partners in the future. Um, Mike, you talked about that. Like I got a lot of homeboys that you know, and I, I talk about this in one video that like, you know, around my age or pushing 40 that are really like, oh, I want to settle down. And they are truly having like this crisis of understanding with why they can't like form, you know, useful connections with women. You know what I'm saying? And it's, you know, because they, they've been, you know, on that Kevin Samuel shit before he was out for, you know, for most of their lives. And it's, you know, you can't just flip a switch. You know what I mean? But to answer your question, like I definitely had a nurturing mother, but that nurturing was often conditional. And the same thing with my father. My father was around, but he wasn't in the household. My father's very much closer to the typical uh, masculine, masculine identity. Um, so that's what he imparted upon me as much as he could. Um, and 
you know, it was as good as to get off. You know. Oh man, you made so many good points, and like, so this is the hardest shit ever. Is as a man, when you do that work of getting enlightened, enlightened, and learning about patriarchy, learning about you know what masculinity really is and how you should not define yourself by all these other you know external standards, but more so what you feel inside. Once you learn that, the tricky part is trying to get women who sub- still subscribe to patriarchy to learn that. Um, number one, if it's, if it's a traditional minded woman who is like strictly like, nah, this is what it is. You're not being a real man, blah, blah, blah. That's one battle. But another battle is the more progressive women who do know about patriarchy, but ain't trying to hear, like you mentioned, alluded to earlier, ain't trying to hear nothing from a man about how they suffer from patriarchy. Cause like, motherfucker, I'm suffering from patriarchy. What you mean? Right. Like you, you hit me with the violence. <laughs> right, right. So the hardest thing for me has always been, I have one relationship in particular where we, me and her talked about this all the time. Some stuff she subscribed to and some stuff she didn't. And she, it seemed like she kind of wanted to go back and forth and that she wanted to, you know, go her own way. She owned it. She had her own business. She, you know, she was very outspoken. She's very what a lot of you know how value manless produce were called non-feminine. She was all in that. And I was all for that. I love women like that. But at the same time, I remember feeling like, you know, she would encourage me. She would, um, you know, celebrate me and all my achievements and everything. But it felt like I was being built up to take care of her in a, in a sense because every time I achieved something, she said something to the effect of like, "Oh, you gonna get paid from this because and then you can take me out the door and so and so." Or like, oh, you gonna, you know, you gonna build such and such an empire, and I'm gonna be right there with you. And then, <laughs> like, I felt like, are you, are you encouraging me? Or are you just along for the ride? Are you not, right? Not in a like, you know, complete freeloader sense, but in the sense of like, I wait for the shit to pay off so I can reap the benefits. Yeah. How do you yeah. kind of have y'all have y'all ever dealt with that? Have you ever? Oh, had- most most definitely. Um, at the risk of 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 you know offending. Uh, people, I, I really think that even the most woke women really underestimate how invested they are in patriarchy. Um, and how, how do you tell them that? You know what I mean? Like it's hard to that's that's you know you know it's hard to tell women anything in general without like coming off wrong. And and you miss it. I miss it, but. There's been so many moments where, you know, and I, I don't think I'm alone in this because you're describing a similar experience where it's like, you know, are we just gonna kind of have a patriarchy checklist and we're gonna race all, we're gonna, we're gonna whittle it down to like 12% patriarchy. <laughs> and, you know, I'm gonna need you to just hold down this 12%. <laughs> and like, you know, I say for everybody, do what makes you happy and what works in general. But it does mean something to me. Like me and my me and my wife are like that. Where like when we met, I was a teacher, and she was, uh, you know, still she was in grad school and working a, uh, you know, a, what's the word I want to use, a service a service a job. So she wasn't making much money, and I was like I was the breadwinner at the time, and then but I knew we both kind of knew she was going to school for something more lucrative than teaching. So at some point in time, she was going to, you know, overtake me. Um, and it was all good until she started really feeling that that weight. And then it was like, OK, well, <laughs> I guess I guess we got to up our patriarchy percentage a little. <laughs> we got to turn this dial up a little the bit. Patriarchy dial just a little, little, little we gotta tweak it. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's cool because it worked, you know, like it, it works for us to, to have that engagement. But it, it meant something for me to at least let her know, like, look, this isn't me naturally doing this. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't put me on no pedestal and don't, don't call me out when I'm not up here. Cause like, I'm now exiting my comfort zone, just like you are trying to get, get back into yours. Um, so I think if that happens, it's all good, but it would, it, I think it would be useful, especially if we're talking about diffusing the manosphere. Cause a lot of men don't have the language to do what we're doing now, which is like relatively effectively speaking through that conflict, hopefully communicating that to our partners well. 
a lot of men would just say, and bitches don't know what they want, you know, whatever. And it's like, I, that, and that's kind of, <laughs> and that's kind of why I like want to, I want to like talk to dudes because I feel like, so one, maybe you have to find another part, right? And I think if men set this, like men, the menosphere believes that women have all the power in these relationships. And that's, that's not true at all. Men, we still have most of the power. We live in a patriarchal society. So I feel like if we got enough men together to say, hey, if y'all would chill the fuck out, you know, read, read a little bell hooks, you know what I'm saying? Maybe some Pat Hill Collins, I'm gonna just drop all the names. Um, and, and like have some conversations with women about like fully expecting to be treated as a person. You know, we're, black men especially are so fetishized in the media that we become to we we're now naturally these caricatures in our own heads, in the heads of our partners and our women, even our parents and mothers. They they fetishize what a black man is supposed to be, and none of us get to really be ourselves until we, if we're lucky, read some good books about the shit. So, you know, men need that to hopefully have those conversations. And hope, hopefully, I think there are a lot of women that are open to it. And as as soon as we stop killing them and beating their asses and right. talking about that on the internet, we can get a lot done. We can have a real conversation. But that's right. a tall order, unfortunately. And I want Will to answer the question, but I do want to, after that, I want to speak to why I think a lot of men don't do that. Um, aside from the fact that you just don't want to take accountability, I think it's much deeper than that. But um, Will, can you... Can you speak to that experience of feeling like a woman was just kind of building you up so she could go along with the ride of patriarchy? <laughs> um, I mean, like I've always been down bad, so like let's I've never I've never been building anything, <laughs> but <laughs> but no man, like there's definitely been situations um where I've like had a committed partner and like there were things that I wasn't naturally subscribing to as far as like patriarchy patriarchal roles and stuff like that that i was definitely asked to take part of which i was like just i'm, I'm just not because this is not part of me like <laughs> yeah and it, it, it and it Hard was pass. <laughs> yeah and it was crazy because uh it was stuff we had talked about before you know like you just say like yo i'm not you know, I'm, I got allergies. Like, I'm not cutting no grass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Stuff like that. And then, like, lo and behold, we move in together. I'm getting this look. Like, why the fuck is the grass so high? <laughs> I told you I wasn't cutting no damn grass. Like, what? what? Like, we knew this. <laughs> right. The funny thing about it is, like, Will will actually die if he tried to cut grass. That's not even yeah, like... Yeah, bro, like, I'm, I'm definitely allergic to, to cut grass. Like, <laughs> um... But yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny how like you'll, you'll say things to your partner at, at one point or at any point. And when it, when it comes time to do those things, they're, they're looking at you like they, they didn't, like they didn't hear you say that I'm, I'm not a part of this. <laughs> so it's like them trying to shift you as you kind of go along and like, oh, well, he's, he's not, he's, he's just kidding or he'll do it at some point. Yeah. Whatever, just because that's what I'm used to men doing. And I don't even know if it's used to though, because like the whole thing about so aside from the obvious of Kevin Samuels and just the blatant disrespect to black women, um, and clowning a couple of brothers, the other thing that Samuels does I find so egregious is he presents this like pull you pull yourself up by the bootstraps bullshit to like these black men who are you know down bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, just become a high value man. Just do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Lose weight, buy some new clothes, nigga. Like, <laughs> and like, and so I said it to say, that's not the reality for most black people. Black men have never been able to truly participate in patriarchy and in, in the in the white context, which is what a lot of this uh, red pill, especially the black red pill type stuff is. It's black men secretly wanting to have power like white men have exactly. to to control and dominate their women like white men do um which is why they get so mad at our women because like our women have never had that either 
So like, you're not just gonna come and dominate a black woman unless you truly got the bag and she's truly into that. And even still, it's not gonna be, you know, with the same set of, you know, features that, you know, uh, are more typical with white with white uh, partners. Um, so like, that's just how, so I said it to say, it's not that they're used to it, it's just how pervasive patriarchy is in our world. It's mm -hmm. how, you know, often we see it even when we see it like, even when we don't see it explicitly, we interpret it as supposed to be patriarchy, if that makes sense. We'll see something that subverts patriarchy and still interpret it in a patriarchal context in our head. And you know what I'm saying? Or say that's not how you're supposed to do it. A real man's supposed to, you know, blank. It's like a list on Twitter now of all the things real men aren't supposed yeah. to do like it's like 30 things long now i think i think the newest one was drink lemonade uh, you, know you can't drink lemonade not in public no you can't not get a man to drink no absolutely yeah. not but like um, oh, real quick i wanted to uh you kind of hinted on it but is is there a difference between the black manosphere and the, the white manosphere i mean in at the in the end in the end result no but in the like, the venues, yes. Um, the black manosphere, so if the white manosphere starts with like outdoors men shit and ends with insoles, you know, uh, that hate women and like yeah. school shooters and shit. The black manosphere starts with, I don't know, uh, fitness, a lot of fitness stuff, um, uh, hotel, Type uh, in communities, pan-African, pro-black communities that are that are relatively conservative. It starts there, and it ends a little bit before school shooters, but it still ends with. I'm just being. We don't. We don't. We don't do school shooters. The, the cutoff is Columbine. Cutoff is Columbine. The the, the, the I, that's legit. Damn, I should name my paper that. I might name my second paper that. The cutoff is Columbine. Um, no, legit though. Like if you look at spree shooters. Uh, people think that only white people do spree shootings, and that's not true. Um, black people are are white men and black men are proportionally represented in terms of spree shootings, depending on how you define them. However, if you define spree shooting, if you if you look at spree shootings where the shooter doesn't really know any of the victims and just went to an arbitrary spot to shoot, or went to a school to shoot just random people those are all white. Whereas a black man will shoot up uh, his girl ex-girlfriend's house. You know what I'm saying? Will shoot up his ex-girlfriend's job. That happens a lot actually. Um, but they don't put it in the same category because it's not as senseless. You know what I'm saying? It gets icky there. Uh, but yeah, so there's some differences. But the thing is that the, the Trojan horse is pro-black shit. Um, the black manosphere will hide the answer, the misogyny and the homophobia in pro-black rhetoric, um, which is why it's hard to like get dudes away from it because they've successfully, one of my, my first breakout video was about this uh, documentary, Buck Breaking. I don't know if y'all heard of that. I heard of it, I, I can't, I'm not gonna watch it, but. Yeah, you, it's, it was it was tough, bro, it was tough. Uh, and oh, so basically- Yes. By your boy Tariq Nasheed. Tariq Nasheed. Okay. Good old Tariq. And it's basically a whole documentary just talking about how, you know, black gay people aren't real because the CIA and soy milk and shit. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really, so if you want to, if you want to laugh, like, I don't know, I don't smoke, but I wish I did because I would watch that documentary while high because <laughs> it is unintentionally hilarious. Anyway, but like, so you have like a whole documentary about how, you know, being gay is wrong and black men, real black men ain't gay, yada, 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 because they've attached it to white supremacy. And the irony is the homophobia is innately white supremacist. Like that is not of us as a people organically. You know what I'm saying? That's not like people like, there's no gay people in Africa, shit. Like you look through Africa, Africa's a huge continent. A lot of gay people in Africa from way back when, but you know the niggas don't want to hear that. So you talked about earlier, and you already touched on this because it's one thing that you know try to get women to understand or whatever. But as far as like getting men to understand these things, you think that would be 
the easiest thing ever. <laughs> like it's far from it. Yeah. Um, I think the reason that it's so hard to get through the men and the circle back to the Abba and Preach thing. And if you don't know Abba and Preach, um, they don't identify as the mental sphere, but still like very misogynist in their views and shit. They're kind of like the low hanging fruit YouTube channel of like, let's embarrass somebody today and talk shit about yeah. them. Um, so Abba was talking about like, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't identify as the, the red pill, mental sphere, blah, blah, but he thinks it's necessary because men don't have any outlets to be vulnerable, to be, you know, completely emotional, to say how we really feel. Like we're so busy performing all the time, like this is the only way it can happen. And I'm like, you know, watching the video, like, oh, nigga, come on. Like, you just don't find any excuse to be gross. <laughs> What's so wild is I went back and rewatched your video on um, black male depiction, black men in love in cinema, which is if you haven't seen, I, I've mentioned this to you, Will. Um, it's like an hour, but it is probably the most amazing and most devastating video I've watched in a minute because I love how well you put it together. But when I watched it and I finished it and I was sitting with it and everything you said, a hundred, you know, agree a thousand percent. But I was like, wait, bro, I, I've never seen anybody else talk about this, this thoroughly, this in depth, this historically, this contem- contemporarily. Like, I don't know anybody else who's done this. Like me and Will have these conversations, you know, reoccurringly on our podcast. But we you know we two comedians. We just out here trying to have fun and, you yeah. know, have a good conversation. But like, I was like, nigga, I don't know anybody who's talking about this shit. Yeah. So I was like, I think that, yeah, Abbott, it's hard to get through to people like Abba and Preach because the bar for like healthy masculinity is so low. For low. Somebody <laughs> said, oh, somebody, oh, one of my uh, comment, I don't even think it was my video. Somebody said, I love you. You don't say, I love, I love seeing a black man that don't call women females. And I'm like, fuck, is that the bar? That's the bar, nigga. <laughs> we got so much work to do. <laughs> That's the bar, nigga. Like, to just not, like, I hear, so you know that thing where dudes, like, find any reason to just call women out their name and shit, right? So, like, it's almost like dudes, like, you know, they call men like you or, like, me a simp because we don't, you know, shit on women. But, like, the, the effort you see of, Finding a woman who's actually doing some fuck shit, like a woman who's actually dogging dudes out, right? Actually using abusing men. The effort they take to like find that woman and be like, see, this is what these bitches be doing. Like, it's like, it's like you couldn't wait to say that shit. Bro, you could meditate with all that effort. You so can, when you're a man, that's a full-on therapy session you missed out on. Right. <laughs> so as a man that, you know, is just like just not gross. Who still has the vent about women because you know we're still human beings we're still heterosexual men women still get on their nerves sometimes to like vent the woman about woman and never call him a bitch never call out her name never disrespect her women be looking at me like oh that's actually yeah i can't I- <laughs> this is amazing are you gay <laughs> are you gay are you gay are you like I hate, I hate to throw that shade but like tell me it's not true to an extent <laughs> I guess what I want to ask is because we only got like a few minutes left. This is we gotta start doing these two-hour podcasts and figure out some way. But do y'all see it getting better? Like, do you see men <laughs> so so goofy? Do you see men's ability to hold women accountable and themselves accountable without being gross as a growing trend, or is it still like in the gut out here? I'm gonna let William go first. <laughs> What hit me with the heavy blowout? <laughs> William, give us some optimism. Give me some optimism to build from, bro. Hey, look, man. These bitches <laughs> don't know what they want, man. Okay? These bitches don't know what they want. No. <laughs> um, oh, boy. I have no optimism <laughs> because I feel like social media dumbs everybody down. Um, and that's what people tend, t- tend to latch on to. They tend to latch on to the the low hanging fruit, like whatever is easiest to latch onto, whether the opinion's right or wrong. Like I've, I truly feel like we're devolving as a society due to social media. So I have no hope. Next. <laughs> I think it's a devolving, like we're going backwards. <laughs> we're going backwards. There's, there's probably some research out there for that. I don't know. Uh, so I have hope because 
the thing that hasn't happened, there, there are still tools in the repertoire. Like this conversation we're having now in public. The thing that, here's the thing. Healthier dudes, healthier men don't need to do all of this. We talk to each other. We engage. I, all my homeboys think like me, or they wouldn't be my homeboys. I'm a little more progressive than some of them, right? But like none of my homeboys are, you know, Facebooking about Lil Nas X and shit. None of my homeboys call women females. All of us used to. And the women said, hey, stop doing that. We was like, oh, my bad. And that was it. Right. So the healthy dudes, there's a lot of healthy dudes out there, but we have been minding our business. That's I think that's something that black men do, especially black men with something about them. You know, you get up in people's business and folks start getting in yours and suddenly maybe you lose what you got. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of healthier men are just kind of quiet. They just mind their business, taking care of their kids, they they girl, whatever. And so if we create more spaces for those men to gravitate to, and we create our own like gravitational well, that's what happened with um, you know, bread too. You know, the, the insole and all that stuff, Gamergate. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that. No, I, I, that was like, how old are y'all? Y'all don't be asking. Yeah, Gamergate was like what six, seven years ago? Yeah, it's like 2014, 2015. Yeah. So that is like the genesis of the modern red pill, alt-right, whatever, is a lot of that Gamergate energy. And so in response to that, left tube or bread tube was born. And that's how you get all these, you know, leftist progressive figures talking on YouTube and, you know, blogging and other stuff. And like, and now, instead of just the internet being full of these awful dudes, it's at least a battle. You know what I'm saying? A battle, I would argue that the, the left tube is winning, at least based on numbers, right? And, 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 and money. So I think, there, I think there's hope because most of these men, when it, when it quiets down, they, don't, they wanna be healthy. They wanna find love, they wanna be healthy, they wanna get money. And if you can show them to how to do that, two of those three at least, they're gonna divest from a lot of this. Shit. They've seen the Me Too in a movement change the consequences. So there's that. Um, so if, if we can pull more folks into the conversation with smarter things to say, get dudes to put it on the line a little bit, I think there's a lot more positivity that can happen. And that will also, and, and last thing I'm, I'm talking, that will also, for lack of a way of putting it, like mellow out some of the like, fire from the ladies who are tired of being beaten up by the worst dudes in the world on the internet. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I've gotten messages and I don't like own this too tough, but I've gotten messages from black women saying like, seeing you has brought me some peace because I've been hearing so much ugliness and negativity from black men. And it's like, I was ready to give up on y'all, you know? And so like, we need that. We need all that energy. And it's just folks need to, you know, put themselves out there. And, and, you know, if I show them that there's money to be made, I know at least some folks are going to start. You know what I mean? Patreon, FD Signifier, backslash. You hardly know it. Because <laughs> the ass is where it's at right now. The Patreon, I'm letting, because I don't want to overpromise on my Patreon. I don't owe them a blog uh, I got to get done by tomorrow. Oh, um, yeah, man. If you get that URL down, you you be set. You, <laughs> you put the backstats behind the actual URL at the end of it. You go, you go get there. It's fine. But yeah, no, everything. I think if especially if dudes know how much I think, and I'm gonna talk about specifically black women here. Black women want men to get better. I think like they still, you know, the angry woman. I want to do the angry black woman stereotype, but like angry people who happen to be women on online, you know, talk shit about men all day. And we'll say, like, I'm done, we're done with y'all. We're divesting. We dating the white boys. They say all these things. But most black women want to date black men. Like, mm -hmm. that's, just, that's just, you know, science or whatever. And when you talk to women with some sense, and you actually talk to her with respect, and you actually listen to her, and you actually exchange ideas and are actually willing to be wrong, you will see, like, I've seen women go on entire rants 
and then I will like either private message them or just comment on the thing with just like, can you tell me more about like what you mean by so and so, or actually do you know the history of so and so? And we have a dialogue, and it's not even because dudes like to make it believe that women yeah. not even gonna listen to us. Like they like they, they like to think that they they calling us out, so we gonna call them out. They wanted to make it like a, a war. I literally heard somebody on Clubhouse saying like the black men is at war with everyone. Fucking Clubhouse. Oh, we're gonna have another episode about Clubhouse, but my man was dead serious. Like he was emotional on the mic. He said, Black men are at war with everybody. The black woman, the gay niggas, everybody wants to kill the black. <laughs> <laughs> my man was out here wilding, and people were trying to talk to him on Clubhouse, and he was just not hearing it. It was just like boom. And it's like if you just like you said, if you just sit back for a second and listen for a second. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Like Black women want us to be better because they want us. You know, the last the last internet fight I had with a sister was last year actually, um, and I, I left real upset. But like, was like, you know what? It, it is what it is. Because she compared black men to the police, and I'm like, heard that before. That's like, like <laughs> I, I I wrote I was with y'all a little bit with the black men of the white people of black. Like I I, I rode with you on that. I, w- I wasn't feeling it, but I got the logic. The police was like, you were really hurt and you were lashing out at me and that conversation didn't end well. We don't really talk no more. But like, I, my response was, that's not true. Y'all love us. I, I, I'm not trying to say that to be shady. That's just the reality. Y'all love us like we love y'all when we can get all the shit out the way. Right. Um, and the other thing, something you said pinged in my head, how uh, the dude yelling on Clubhouse. The thing that that keeps me up at night is how much pain brothers are in right now with minimal outlet or recourse or even the mindset of how to address that pain. Pain that they've been holding since they were very little children. Um, they don't they don't feel like they can talk to their boys all the time about it. They definitely not talking to their ladies about it. They they refuse to go to therapy. So where does it go? It goes in the bottle. You know what I'm saying? Um, it goes to to, to I've been preach. Uh, you <laughs> oh, know, Lord, Jesus. And, and they're and they're on the lower end of it. They're like playful toxic. Right, you know? right. <laughs> like when you start getting to some of some of these other dudes, you know, owning to treating the she, it, it starts sounding like your boy on clubhouse. Right. That's not a man speaking trying to like convince anybody that's a lash out right you know what i mean exactly excuse me exactly yeah. um, we can talk all night yo i really appreciate you coming on please please shout out whatever you got going on uh, what do you got coming up i know you got this project coming up please got, yeah so i got two projects um i got a kanye video god willing next friday oh but i i it's gotten so big and so emotional have you seen my Mike Tyson video? I didn't watch the whole thing yet, no. Please watch my Mike Tyson video. That's simply my favorite video. So this is in the vein of that. I low-key shed a tear watching like old Kanye interviews. Yo. It's like, you think about some of the stuff we talk about now and how Kanye was like, uh, like an early avatar for like black masculinity growth. Mm-hmm. Early, right? Mm-hmm. When he first came out, he was like, look, I'm gonna just talk about my emotions and my mama. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and it was like beautiful. It's like, man, I love my mama too. In fact, I love a lot of things, Kanye. That's why, I, you know, and then like, so at some point, you know, it's like, what, a Marvel, what if? <laughs> um, when is that dropping? I can't wait to see that. When is that dropping, yo? That's God willing next Friday, but I, it's starting to look a little rough. Um, I'm also in the middle of that doing a video on like YouTube stuff, stuffy stuff. And I got, it's a lot of moving pieces with that. I talked to an animator yesterday. I'm about to hire a, uh, at least a freelance one-off editor for some stuff. My cousin's making me a beat. Like it's a big project. I want it to be like this big deal thing. So it's eating into time. I got real work shit I'm still doing. The brother ain't full-time yet on YouTube. Um, <laughs> But anyway, so check check out the channel. It's FD Signifier um, uh, on YouTube. 
FD Signifier on Twitter and Instagram and backslash patreon.fdsignifier http you put that we don't quite know you. <laughs> leave it alone. Leave it alone. Just we'll Google. Hey, hey, just Google FD Signifier. Go, go to the channel. It's a little P in the corner on the banner on the channel. You can find it there. It's in there. We're going to put the link in the and Don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> you got any last thoughts, Will? You, are you delivered from the manosphere now? Or are you going to I mean, I, I still find Kevin Samuels very entertaining. <laughs> you, you know, low, low, and listen, I still watch wrestling. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I still listen to Kanye's album. We all got our we all got our vices. Hope you listen to that Dookie you just put out last time. Oh, is Dookie? Dookie. I mean, like, what's Dookie to a Kanye album? A, a Dookie Kanye album is still so, shiny Dookie. So okay, so I have been trying to do this. I've been trying to judge an album for what it is instead of against an artist's other work. So I don't, it's probably not bad. It's just not Kanye. It's just not good Kanye. Yeah, it's not good Kanye. Good Kanye, you know, you know, never, we probably never getting that again. Probably not getting healthy Kanye again. But he had a, it's a couple of joints on there that, you know, really spoke to me. Um, uh, the 24, uh, Jesus is Lord, all the, all the real Christian stuff. And I ain't religious, I grew up Muslim. But like, when that man talks about God, you can hear him be yeah. normal for a second. Yeah, I, I will agree with you there. It's, like, a, it's, a, it's a shame he wasted an Andre verse. That's really what I oh want. Oh my God. Man. That's a whole yeah. other podcast. Y'all about to have oh. me. Let me go get my kids. Bro, I like I wasn't ready to cancel Kanye for real, for real. Bro. Until I heard his verse on that song. And I was like, how dare you disrespect Andre Benjamin like that? Bro. And his mom. And your old mama. Mama gave me my red hat. Man, I holler at y'all. But you and Ned, but you know that's the best Kanye verse you heard in in years. No, nah, no, nah, he he. <laughs> no, nah, I refuse to acknowledge that. I, that song is just Andre Benjamin's real quick verse. That's the end of the song right there. That's it. We appreciate you, fam. Um, please go teach your kids. Thank you so much for taking the time out. Um, for real, like we definitely got to have you back on, fam. Most definitely, all up, man. This is fun. Appreciate you, brother. Absolutely, absolutely. Take care. Peace. For sure. Do we um are we still doing the thirst of the week real quick? Do, do the thirst, shut your thirst out. Yeah, let me let me let me get my OnlyFans back up here. Um, <laughs> where we at? Where we at? That was a dope conversation. So yeah. I'll get this bullshit out of the way. Thirst of the week for this week Ooh. is Miss Umi Yanta out of Ooh. Berlin. Umi, <laughs> Umi, as you can see, um, super beautiful young lady. Uh, she be out here skating. Uh, she has she's part of a dance, uh, not a dance team, but a skate teaching school called um what is it called? See, I, you're supposed to be showing this while I'm what talking about her. It's called Jam Skate Club, where they teach you how to be like just an amazing jam skater. Uh, she be doing here doing some like impossible, like some crazy shit. I'm trying to find a good video. I feel like I've seen her before, just recently. Recently, she's been all over. Um, over she's been on commercials lately she really was blown up um especially over the past year uh, i gotta find some shit of her just doing like i'm talking about like zooming through the streets looking like she about to like if she fell like it'll be a it'll it'll bad gonna be a rap <laughs> but oh, she got the adidas joints right um just very dope individual as you can see um beautiful dark-skinned woman we always celebrate that um check her out man on uh, your instagram at umi yanta for those listening, it's spelled O U E. I'm sorry, O U M I underscore J A N T A. Um, she's very dope, um, very funny. Don't look for her interviews because 99% of her interviews are gonna be in German, so you're not gonna understand what the fuck she's talking about. <laughs> but oh, yeah, yeah, um, well, yeah, very dope individual. So, yeah, it man, that's today's episode. That was super. I'm so glad we got a feet going here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Extremely dope individual. I love the way he presents his stuff on YouTube. Yeah. But it was it was really good. It was like, I don't know if you've ever, well, I'm sure everybody's seen it, but like people who make uh reaction videos and like they like they link all these little pictures and you see stuff popping up all over the place. Yeah. And nine out of ten times it looks messy. But his <laughs> yeah. is like 
his is very well presented. It's not reaction videos. It's more like a video essay, I guess you would say. That's actually what he calls them, video essays. Yeah, video essay. Um, and he just links and connects everything together beautifully. So. I love how mindful he is of like so many, the, the many dynamics of it. Like, you know, it's easy to just jump on the camera, have some controversial shit to say about men or women. Mm-hmm. And just be, you know, just two dimensional, just trying to get you, you know, trying to get your clicks up. I've yeah. seen so many videos of him already being thorough, but then doing like an edit in to be like, yo, I actually didn't put that in proper context. Let me put the, you know, let me put some more um, background to what I just said. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like how he cut away a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just shows like he's very intentional about what he's doing and he's very passionate about it. And we need more videos like that. man. Like, I don't know any other black man out here doing that. Heterosexual black man out here doing that. So yeah. please check him out. FD Signifier on YouTube. Yeah, man, that's going to be the episode for the day, man. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Why do you? Ooh, that was. All saliva, no substance. <laughs> you... yeah. Then you went for the double hey. tap. Stop. <laughs> you insist on having a seizure live on show. <laughs> We love y'all. We'll see y'all next time. Peace.